0: What's up, guys? It's David Hess from the Rising Above podcast. Have you ever thought or dreamed about starting a podcast? Well, look no further. Anchor has all the tools necessary to record a podcast from your computer or phone. You heard that, right? They make it so simple. When you host your podcast on Anchor, they will distribute your podcast on platforms such as Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. Honestly, it's everything you need to make a podcast all in one place, which is why I host on Anchor. Download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm today to get started.
1: I just know he started to yell and got in my face. And then at first he took off his belt and then just started hammering. He just started wailing. Yeah. You.
0: And where, where was he hitting you? Just wherever he could aim at. So you're just getting hit
1: all over your body.
0: Yeah, pretty much. Wow. And then I think that was kind of the start of the abuse for you, right? Yeah. And uh so from that point on, what was your what was your thoughts like? Hmm, is he were you, what were your thoughts about him at that point?
1: Well, my thoughts at that point was more like is this the way how grown people are supposed to be?
0: Hi, this is the Rising Above podcast. The voice you just heard was that of my brother, Michael. He came on today to share what life was like before foster care. I hope you find our life story inspiring and hopeful, especially if you've gone through some of the same things that we had. Just know that you're not alone. I'm your host, David Hess, and I hope you enjoy the show. Good, David. How you been? I'm pretty good. Just uh, trying to kick off this podcast. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Hoping the best, man. Yeah, thanks. (laughs) Um, So I brought you on because I wanted to talk about our past. and uh, You know, like some of the things that we had gone through um, when we lived in Florida and then what ultimately led into us going into foster care and then maybe what foster care was like for, you know, you. And um, I'll eventually get into what foster care was like for me, but I'll probably do that in a separate episode. So, with that being said, um, Michael and I grew up in Lake Worth, Florida, and uh, um, we, Michael's a, a year older than me, um, but uh, my dad had met our mom, I believe, when she was 16. Yeah, 16. And she got pregnant w- with you. Right. And uh, then... Uh, so that I think that led into you know she was still in high school when she had when she had you and then a year later she had me right and then our mom lived with our dad for a while for a little while yeah and uh, our dad was also older um and also was is from Honduras so he's uh, an immigrant um and so things weren't so great for them um. From our understanding, he was pretty abusive to her. And uh, I think at times put her in the hospital. Um, I think he he almost killed her at one point. And then that led into her um, ultimately just leaving him. And I think I was like three years old when that happened. Yeah. Um, And you were probably about four. four. So I just remember... Uh, the, one of the last, well, I remember one memory we had, we had a, like a, a rooster. Oh, yeah. oh my gosh, dude. I, I remember we had a pet rooster and I would chase that thing around the yard. And I, th- I thought that thing was so mean. <clears throat> right. And then, uh, come to find out later on the thing disappeared and I, I didn't know what happened to it, but apparently they slaughtered it and we ate Eat it for it. dinner. <laughs> it's so messed up. <laughs> In so many ways. Um... <laughs> So, I do have a lot of good memories from that. I mean, not a lot, but a few good memories from right. from that point in time. And then uh, I also remember a situation where um, our dad got, or our mom and dad got into a fight, and um, it. I had. I think I had to break a window to get in the house because it was locked. I don't know if you remember that. Uh-oh. No. Yeah, I really don't remember that at all. No. I. And then I remember shortly after that, we ended up just pretty much packing up and leaving. But when we left, we didn't have a car. We didn't have anything. We just literally just started walking. Right. And it seemed like we didn't really have anywhere to go at that point. Yeah. And so then we just started uh, walking and we walked down some alleyway and then ran into some guy we didn't know and our mom just seemed to like kick it off with him and started talking and um the next thing you know we're living with this this man and i remember at that point like i was thinking like and i was only three and i remember thinking what are we doing it, it just seemed so bizarre to me right um to be living with some stranger that we didn't even know um so what was that time like for you, Michael? I mean I mean I remember how I felt and I felt, you know, like worried cuz I didn't really know what to expect. It just life seemed strange and I was only again like 3 or 4. Right. At that time, you were a little bit older than me. Yeah, Do you remember yeah. what your feelings at the time were?
1: Um, yeah, man. I like I was a little nervous just because I didn't know what to expect just moving in with a complete stranger that we just met walking through an alley from living from our dad's house and um just wondering where it's gonna be like just living with somebody that we barely even know or had a chance to get to know before we even moved in yeah it was uh
0: like i said it was seemed real bizarre to me um and then so we we lived with him for a while um, I believe we lived with them for a couple of years and then we slow, I think we moved to Michigan at one point and we moved to Howell and we, we didn't really have anywhere to go. So we started
1: staying in a, uh, homeless shelter. Am I right? Yeah. You're right. We said started staying in a homeless shelter for a little while and then after that i don't remember where we t- went and took off to um and then i believe
0: after that we went we went and stayed in uh uh an apartment in ypsilanti for a, a little while and then our stepdad uh had you know paid for us to come back to florida and then we moved back in with him right again and uh I think at that point things seemed to get kind of kind of bad. Like,
1: yeah, it started to go go downhill than what it was before from what I remember in a way. What what exactly do you remember? Like beforehand or uh, uh sure, beforehand, afterhand. <laughs> all right. Um, I just remember beforehand how like just going to bed at night and like just looking at the bedroom um, door and just seeing our mom getting abused by our stepdad and what did what did you see? Um, just saw um, them standing in front of the dining room table, arguing, and they like they was trying to keep their voices down a little bit so they won't wake us kids up. And I just remember him just uh, slapping the crap out of our mom and just watching that i was just terrified just because i thought at that moment we was gonna be next of him coming in and waking us up for no reason to get beat and at that time were we were we getting beat um no um we was already in bed well i think you and our little brother was already asleep and i couldn't sleep that night and just having to look look out the bedroom door as i was just laying there in bed wow yeah and how old were you um i was probably around five at the time or somewhere around there so at five years old you
0: remember looking out at the door and thinking are we going to be next right wow um and that was kind of that was kind of the start of the abuse right yeah pretty much like he started abusing our mother first right yeah and then from that from that, it's kind of gradually led into him being abusive towards us kids right do you remember the first time that uh you were being abused
1: um i think the first time when the very first uh the very first time that i remember getting abused is when I think it was a couple of days when our mom got and our stepdad got married, and it was a couple of days after that. And I decided to run away to our dad's house. Why? Why did you decide to run away? Um, just from seeing our mom being abused, um, from time to time in the house. So you were scared. Yeah pretty much and I was just scared out of my um, mind so at the so when I was outside playing with toys with you and some one, one of our friends I I told you guys I was gonna be right back and after I said that I just took off I just took off and went straight to our dad's house and about three hours later our mom came walking in grabbing me by the arm and telling him like I can't remember what she told him, but... Then just took me home, and then after that, that's when he started to put his hands on me as harming me. Wow. Yeah. Do you remember what he did to you? Um... Not as much, I don't remember... About. Um, I just know he started to yell and got in my face... And then, at first, he took off his belt and then just started hammering. Just started wailing. Yeah. You. And where where was he hitting you? Just wherever he could aim at.
0: So you were just getting hit all over your body? Yeah, pretty much. Wow. And then, I think that was kind of the start of the abuse for you, right? Yeah. And, uh, so, from that point on, what was your, what was your thoughts? Like, hmm. Is
1: he... Were you, what were your thoughts about him at that point? Well, my thoughts at that point was more like... Is this the way how grown people are supposed to be... Um, hitting their kids? Like, wapping to the old-fashioned days of butt-whooping on the butter. Um, stuff like that. Well... Wow that is
0: i i honestly i like i said i don't i think i've told you before i don't really have like m- much memories I think of different in you know situations that happen especially like the first times we were we were beat um i just remember those times being hard and uh i think uh I think there's, I mean, there's a lot to, to kind of uncover during those days. Yeah, pretty much. Um, so it's kind of hard to like figure out like what we should be talking about, but you know, um, I hope that, uh, again, I hope this podcast is a help to people as we're trying to, you know, we're trying to unfoil our, our own story for, for people, for other people. So, um all right so then at that point you started getting beat and then you started kind of stepping up and taking the blame for different things going on like you if i got in trouble you would say you know i did it yeah just, just so i wouldn't get beat or just so uh joey wouldn't get beat or what what was what was your original thought on that and why did you start stepping up
1: um The reason why I started stepping up is just because, like, I couldn't see my little siblings just to be getting hurt for whatever reason at that moment was. Like, like, I couldn't see that ever happening to my little siblings just because knowing that the fact that I just kind of felt like it was my place just to protect you guys from harm's way no matter what the cause was. so you felt that
0: it was your duty to be our protector yes and I think you did pretty good at that because I mean that's one of my greatest memories of you always you know you're always taking the blame for me and trying to protect me and uh I think that's one thing I've always admired about you um so let's kind of talk about the situation I mean we we're we kind of we kind of painted a picture of abusive of an abusive home um it's mainly physical abuse uh some mental and like i said it's mainly physical our stepdad was a drunk um and what i mean by drunk he would drink like a couple 24 packs in a weekend yeah and he would drink like a 12 pack just on a weeknight after work and uh, <clears throat> I, I believe he had some real issues. I don't really underst I don't really know anything about his past. Uh, you know what kind of background he had, but right. you know he was a he was a real hard person. And not that it, it excuses any of that, right? But um, at all. So let's kind of talk about what led us into coming to Michigan, and the situation that had happened that caused us to ultimately leave you want to kind of
1: um yeah um so I just remember we was me and you was fighting um over a bed that night and um he came walking in and I just remember our mom telling, telling him to go into our room to handle us and and Just remember him, um, just, I think he asked what was going on, then, I think you, and then you told him what was going on, that you wanted the bed, and, and I just remember him ripping off my t-shirt, and just, like, just, uh, welling on my back. Because you had
0: beat me in the back. Yeah. So he thought he was going to do that to you to punish you.
1: Yeah, pretty much, and then from like from shoulders down, my whole backside was just all bruised up. Yeah,
0: I remember it being black and blue. Yeah, and I believe you were also grounded on top
1: of that. Um, yeah, pretty much. I think
0: you had to stay in the room, right? Yeah, like in our bedroom, and then I remember having to go to school and explained to the teachers because your teacher had stopped me a couple times and asked where you were and i told her that you were sick and she's like for two weeks he's been sick for two weeks and i'm like yeah Yeah. and i I don't think she believed me i think she knew something was up but right you know um so then it was at that point and again it was like two weeks um it was at that point that a, a family friend had found out about it, found out about the situation, and had told our mom that she needs to go do something about about this. She needs to right. report it. And if she doesn't report it, then the she... family friend was going to go and report it to social services. Right. Which, in, which would mean that, you know, we would more than likely be taken out of the home. <clears throat> so, I just remember... Uh, we had to go down to the west West Palm Beach County Sheriff's Department, and we all had to give statements about what had happened and I remember them taking you away from us and they I believe they were taking pictures of your back, yeah, and that you were taking statements from you and um then I remember also during that time they they had went and picked our stepdad up um from work and had arrested him.
1: Right. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I remember that the two cops um took me to an emergency room just to get X-rays on my backside. Wow. Was there any permanent damage? Um. Not that I remember. I think it was just all uh, bruised from that situation of what he had done. Wow. Um.
0: That is. That is crazy. I did, I, see, I didn't know that they took you to the emergency room.
1: Yeah. Uh, yeah, I remember that. Just because I just remember driving back to the police station and stopping to get a Burger King meal. The police officers? Yeah. Stopped and bought you a Burger King? Yeah. That was pretty dope.
0: Yeah, it was. <laughs> it was pretty cool. <laughs> um, So, I think it's pretty safe to say that our... Uh, our mom kind of had a tendency to find these abusive people. And I don't think it's any fault of hers, really. I think it's, I, I think she didn't really have much guidance in life. And, um, you know, from getting pregnant at a very young age and being in school and just trying to figure out what, what she should do with her life. and Right. Uh, she never really had the opportunity because she had, two kids at a very young age and then had two more you know later on in her 20s um but you know she regardless she still had she still had a duty to report it and make sure that her son was safe and make sure that no other man would put her hand put his hands on on her kids right and uh so anyways so then we go to the police department. We write statements. Our stepdad's arrested. And then at that point, they tell us that we have to leave. We can't We can't stay in the house anymore. We have to move. And we really didn't have anywhere to go because we didn't really. I mean, we had, like, other family that lived in West Palm Beach area, like our uncles. But, um, like, their places weren't big enough for us. Right for, for four kids and and our mom so um we we moved to Michigan they we had family in Michigan my my mom had two sisters that lived up here, and she's from Ohio, so I think she was maybe thinking that you know she'd be closer to some family in Ohio and uh so then uh we pretty much just up in leave we we go home that night we start packing and we pack the next morning and we're gone essentially oh yeah and i just remember that moment like when we're packing stuff like thinking we have to leave all of this stuff behind all of our stuff all of our toys all of all of our clothes i mean we had some clothes but we didn't have all our clothes we left a lot of clothes our you know beds and just bikes, bikes, and so. everything that we had ever gotten in our life, we had yeah. to leave behind. And I just remember thinking, "What is life going to bring? What is life going to bring us?" Right, you know, was going to be the next chapter. Or I, I look at it as chapters. I look at our life as chapters. This, there's like different. There's been different defining situations in our life that have been like separated by what seems to be chapters to me. So that chapter of Florida was closing. But, uh, um, yeah. So then we left, we came to Michigan. We didn't have anything. Our mom had $400 to her name. She had $400 and two and four kids and she had to pay for gas, food, food and everything. And no job, no job lined up. And she was just going, I guess on hopes of being able to get help from her sisters when she got here right and uh so when we got here um we weren't we didn't really get any we didn't really get much help i don't believe Uh uh-uh not uh, really you know that people were able to like our our family i don't think was able to really help her too much mainly because they had their own families yeah and that's no fault of their own um so we ended up living in a homeless shelter up in fowler michigan and uh we lived there from early early summer late spring till about August and in August we were we were kicked out and then we were uh, you know told that um we weren't meeting the requirements to to stay there anymore and that we needed to figure something else out so we we left and at that point that pretty much left us homeless Oh yeah, pretty you much. Know, we didn't have anywhere to stay. We, yeah, and it's kind of amazing that a like a homeless shelter would kick kids out on in the street.
1: Yeah, that I is mean, pretty funny. Well, <laughs> it's not funny, but
0: <laughs> um, it just it's kind of kind of ironic in a sense. But um, but so yeah, we didn't have anywhere to go. and We're just living out of a, our van, and I remember that we didn't really have any food or anything. Um. And we, you and I, I remember you and I were eating just plain, plain the plain, uh, ramen chunks, noodles, chunks of ramen noodles. Where we'd break it apart and then, you know, just, just eating it hard. Oh uh, yeah. It was, you know, just cause we were so hungry. And, uh, so I think we stayed like a night or two in the van. Am I right? Yeah. What was that like for you? Um, what were your thoughts? Like, I remember being, cause I was like, I think I was like eight or nine at that time, and you were, like, 9 or 10. Nine, yeah. Probably 9. And I remember my thoughts were, like, oh, this." I mean, it's kind of cool to sleep in a van, but at the same time, I didn't really understand the severity of our situation.
1: Right. Um, My thoughts was on it, it was pretty cool, but at the same time, it sucked just because you didn't have enough room just to, like, get up and just run around inside a house or apartment or or any kind of place just to have a roof over your head to have the ability to just be free and just do whatever did you have any thoughts of like
0: what was going to happen like were you thinking man we seem like we're in a low spot right now we're sleeping inside a van we don't have anywhere to go
1: oh yeah did you um... have any of those thoughts yeah, I, I thought about it, like, once or twice, uh, about it, but, like, me being as a kid at the time, um, I, I, like, I usually really wasn't trying to think about, um, like, at that moment, I wasn't, um, thinking about what's gonna happen next, um, but, uh, like, there would be little bit of times where I just wonder, like, um, like where where are we going to go next though So it's almost kind of like
0: you're just never you ne- we never knew what the next step would be yeah we were pretty just much kind of along for the ride <clears throat> Um so then I remember we stayed in the van for a couple nights and then or a night or two and then we ended up coming down to Lansing and when we came to lansing we went to the red cross i believe and they they put us up in a in a hotel for a couple nights or a week or something and then i remember we had to go back a couple different times to renew that so i think we stayed in a hotel for about a month right
1: yeah i want to say yeah it
0: was about a month and during that time um like i said our mom didn't have much she didn't have a job uh she had two young kids she had a like a two-year-old and i believe joey was four something like that yeah i'm eight you're nine nine so she you know had her hands full so um she didn't have a job she's just trying to figure figure this out and um it was at that point that um social services social services got involved right and actually, I think social services was actually uh, contacted when we left the, uh, the, homeless the, home, the homeless shelter. But then they couldn't find us for, you know, a, a while. We went undetected right. because we were just essentially living on the streets. And so um, I just, I remember one of my biggest things from that time, my biggest memories was staying in the hotel and us not having food. For like, like breakfast, lunch, or dinner. I think we might have had like granola bars for breakfast or something. Yeah. Um, but I just rem- remember going to the homeless shelter every single night after school, and getting getting food. Yeah, I remember that as well. And I remember having to stand in line with all these old, rough-looking people. All these actually like homeless they were actually people. home homeless-looking people, and we were actually homeless, but. I feel like nah. we did.
1: I feel like we didn't look that way, right, we probably We're, did, but, but like a little more cleaner than what they probably looked like a little bit, so it seemed like but I'm sure we looked just as bad, right,
0: but uh, I just remember thinking at that point that this is a low spot because you know, like we never had to go without food,
1: never right, and then having to jump into a situation like that to not having food at all. yeah it was difficult
0: so um so then i think a couple like i said we stayed there for about a month and then we had to do that for about a month and then uh we started school in that september and um it was i think we were there for in school for like a couple weeks yeah and then that's when a uh social worker came to the school and pulled us out of class early uh, towards the end of the day and had told us that our mom you know will no longer have custody of us and that um she isn't able to take care of us and that we were going to be going into care and i just remember at that point i was i was so upset because My relationship with our mom was... I felt... I felt that she was, like, my best friend, you know? Like, I... I was... Very close. I was very close with her. And I feel that... I felt that, you know, I was losing, like, my best friend. I couldn't... I've never had that feeling since. But it was, like, such a heartbreaking moment to find out that I would never be able to be with my mom again what was that moment for like for you
1: um it was mostly heartbreaking for me just um just for being separated from my younger brothers and sisters Wonder if i ever gonna be seeing them again or like where are we gonna be um going to or and i think that was my biggest worries and concerns at that moment is just losing my younger re- my relatives that was uh one of my biggest <clears throat> concerns too cuz i always kind of felt like
0: i had a, a some one i think at some point i had to take on like a kind of like a parental figure like like i i started like kind of being a parent to our siblings to like not not necessarily to you but to our younger sis- sister and our younger brother. Right. I felt like it was like my duty to help take care of them. And so I think at that point I was also realizing that I wouldn't be able to do that and I didn't know what was going to happen to them. So I was I was scared. I was worried. Oh yeah. And uh so I remember just breaking down and crying and uh I think I tried arguing with the <laughs> with the social worker like oh she's able to take care of us and you know um so then we we went to this we went to the uh catholic social services that's where we were put into care at was right um was there and then um we uh i'm placed into a different home uh joey and i are placed into one home and Tiana's placed into a separate home and you're placed into a, a separate home. Right. At that moment when you were meeting your new foster parents and you knew we were all going our separate ways. What was that like for you?
1: Um pretty scared um scared just because here I was moving in to a stranger's house without knowing anything barely about them at all and me being and just being separated from you guys cause like there was really no other kid in the house around my age um but um when I first got to my foster care home um I I was mostly quiet and crying all the time um like I I went to a really deep depression for months for a a couple of months a few months and just knowing that all this situation me getting ripped from our mom and from my little brothers and sisters I knowing that I might not see them again
0: but we uh, but we did we ended up going to uh have we had visits uh weekly i believe it was once a week yeah i believe it was like every monday or something yeah it was it was every monday yeah what were those moments like for you um when you can only see your brother and your sister your brothers and your sister for an hour a day or hour a week essentially um
1: i was really excited like i just remember just going to school and just couldn't wait to just get out to go home and then just go straight to the agency to visit my little brothers and sisters like i was just i was filled with excitement just knowing that i could actually see them for at least an hour or two or even for 30 minutes if it was the case but I, i remember that uh it was
0: the days of visit was like my favorite favorite day of the week um because I knew I'd be able to get to see our mom and I knew I'd be able to see my brothers and sisters and uh, you and I always had a pretty good relationship we were, we've always been really close oh yeah and we we'd always fight a lot but <laughs> we would always make up and be like best friends right <clears throat> but um so being able to to uh, see each other on on you know every week was always my highlight and uh, I just remember leaving when i would leave i would just felt so sad thinking you know like man that was it you right know, like, like, i don't know it, it's just it's different it's different being a foster kid it's different when you don't have the normal family dynamics that a normal person has or a normal family has and what's normal i mean nobody really has nobody's really normal but when you right. don't have when you're not in the home with your with your mom and your dad and your brothers and your sister then, and you're with people who you never knew until recently. Then it's a complete it's a story. completely different scenario right. and, and dynamic. So, um, so you go into this foster home, and what was what was your relationship like with your foster parents? Um, what was it like at first?
1: Like at first, it, it was really hard for me to trust them. Um, but I just remember, like, cause, like I said, I was really depressed, crying all the time, and why? Why did you have a hard time trusting them? Um, just because of the situation of like getting beat and having bruises all over my back, and have to move here. So,
0: were you afraid that maybe they'll do the same thing to you?
1: Um, yeah, and um, I just remember, just going to the bedroom and crying, and my mom would come in and uh, my foster mom would come in and try and like calm me down and was like hey it's all right um like we're not the same we're not gonna do the same thing that you just came out of the situation from like um they was just trying to let me know that like you are able to trust us like you're in good hands that we're not gonna let anybody harm you or hurt you um, when you're living under, underneath, under living underneath this roof, um, of our house, and I um, see that's kind of interesting to hear
0: because I always remember looking at you when I was younger, thinking like, because you always had this like badass persona, like I'm, like I'm tough, I'm, uh, like I'm the older tough brother, and like I, you know, it just it, so for you to t- say how you were scared and you know you felt vulnerable and that you, you started breaking down and crying kind of, kind of, you know, hits me a certain way.
1: Right. Like, I don't know. Like, I think it was just mostly because like I was away from you guys and our mom and, and then like going through the situation where we went down to Florida and then happened to come up here and be ripped apart. And I think that's like, probably when i actually had the breaking point to like just break down and cry and just kind of let it you, all you'd le- had enough
0: at that point yeah
1: pretty much like i just at the time i basically given up like i just took down the whole bad boy Sonona persona yeah often it was like I, I basically give up like i didn't even care anymore because it's like Here I am with a family I don't even know, and I feel like I'm all by myself, so it's like, who, like, I'm done. Right. So, at that point, um,
0: your your foster mom, she kind of consoles you a little bit, and starts building that trust with you, so you start trusting her, I'm assuming, right? Um,
1: yeah, um, it at least took me almost about a year or two to, like, gain that trust, Mm -hmm. like, like as time went on, like I like I just kind of feed a little trust in it, like because I just remember just sitting down with her one time and just asking her, like, "Hey, what is a mother's job supposed to be like?" Um, it was pretty profound, right? That you didn't that you didn't know what a mom is supposed to
0: be like. So what right. did, what was that what was that conversation like?
1: Um, she like. I don't really remember much about it, but um, I just remember her just going to like some details like mothers are supposed to like love their children and always be there no matter what the scenario is and stuff like that. She's a smart woman. (laughs) Right. Uh
0: (laughs) So you start having a pretty good relationship with your, your foster parents at that point and in the meantime we're still going to visits every monday we're still seeing each other right um i i remember i had just recently got um all the i just got a packet of information from our adopt like our adoption records and our foster care records when we were like going to their visits every to our visits every week And it had show shown that you felt that it had said in the records that you felt kind of left out a lot um, when we went to visits. Like, like our maybe our mom had paid too much attention to uh, Tiana or, and me, or maybe not enough to you. Did you ever feel like you were left out? Like you were, um, not shown shown enough love or um, attention.
1: Well, I don't know really remember saying that, um as a when it was I guess interviewing us um but I did kind of felt that way when we was living down in Florida for sure, um but I really don't remember saying as much to them back when we was going to our visits or when they was taking notes mm-hmm. um but. I surely, really did kind of felt that way when I was living down in Florida, just because, um, because I was I was always get into trouble and stuff like that. But,
0: yeah. Okay, so, so then you start like I said, you build this relationship with your adopted parent or with your foster parents. We're still going to visits, and you know visits aren't necessarily going great for, for you because you don't. You, from the records, it said that you felt kind of left out. Right. Um. But you still enjoy going because you get to see me and you get to see your other siblings, uh, Joey and Tiana. Right. Um. What were What was it like leaving?
1: Um, leaving Lea- from the visits. Yeah. Um. It was really hard for me. Um, like I just remember getting into the car and just feeling really kind of depressed about it. Just knowing that it went by fast. And just knowing that, like, because every be time where I'd be like, is this the last visit? Like, when is it going to stop? Because I don't want it to end anytime soon. Mm-hmm. Like, if it does end, then are we going to ever see each other until we hit the age of 18. Right. So we're going to visits, and I think
0: this kind of drags out for two years. Um, You know, we're in foster care. Finally, our mom gets to the point where she feels like she's not winning in the court system. She feels like um, all, all eyes are on her, and she feels that she's not capable of achieving what they want her to achieve in order to get us back. So she ends up uh going to court and she signs off her rights to us kids. When you found out about that, how did you feel? Cuz I remember when I found out about that, I felt like I felt like I was be- kind of betrayed in a sense. Like, no, why would you give up? Like we we love you and we want to be with you. Why right. would you why would you end this fight? What was your thoughts and feelings about that?
1: Um like I was really devastated at the moment. Like at the time when my foster family told me, um, like I was just feeling really sad and just wanted to be left alone after that. Like I didn't really want nobody to be around me after that. Why, why was that? Just because like at the time, like I said earlier, it it was just because it's like, this is it i'm not gonna see my brothers again or my our or our mother right at the time and and i was like all right so here i am is being split away from you guys and placed into a foster home by myself um without my brothers or sisters with me um it really did some really damage to me like just in my feelings all the time and really depressed
0: did you ever get the uh the video of our last visit um yeah yeah did you ever watch it before i gave it to cuz i remember i i i think i made dvds of it and i gave you one um, did you ever watch it before that like when you were younger
1: yeah um that was one thing that my parents will let uh hand it to me Mm-hmm. Um, was the last visit uh, of us and like when I first got the video I didn't even, like watch it like right away but right. I think it was like a week went by when I actually watched it okay
0: yeah I was never allowed to watch it my foster parents told me that I wasn't allowed to watch it until I was 18 I don't know why but it was something that I was told so, finally, after I moved out, I was able to get that video, and I just recently had made DVD copies of it <clears throat> for everybody, but that's right. um, a sad video to watch. Yeah, it is. Um, It's our last visit, and the room's crazy because Joey's, like I said, four years old, Tiana's like two or three, and they're both full of energy and just hyper... You you at the time were also full of energy (laughs) uh and hyper because you were always like hyper yeah um so you're kind of like off in the background like rapping (laughs) (laughs) because i think you had aspirations to be a rapper (laughs) um and i'm i remember my what i was feeling at that moment was like just complete and like utter loss like this is the last time that i'm going to be able to see your mom And this is the last time that i might see our siblings i don't know i I didn't know at the time what was going to happen and uh i think at that point um our foster parents kind of made an agreement with each other that they were going to make sure that us children stayed in contact with each other right and you know we didn't get to see each other a lot when we were growing up i think there was times where i maybe only seen you once a year and I'd right. seen Tiana maybe once a year, even not even that often, because she was uh, moving all the time because her dad was in the military.
1: Yeah. Uh, like, um, I think, like, our last visit, um, I, I think you and Tia, and Joe and Tiana already left and went home with your foster parents. And my dad was usually the one that came and picked me up after the visits and so as me my foster dad and our mom was walking out of the building um from what i was told um i hugged our Blago our mom for the first time ever since i from birth until the age of 10 12 at the moment and that it was like the very first time i have ever hugged her from the time that I was, from the time I was born until then. Do you remember that? Um, I, yeah, I remember that, but like, I don't remember her saying that or telling my dad, at foster dad at that time. Uh, Our mom had told your foster dad that? Yeah. So why did you feel like you should give her a hug? Uh, honestly, I, like... Were you sad? yeah you felt sad yeah pretty much sad that
0: you wouldn't see maybe see her ever again yeah so um i just remember that day it was it was such a sad day for me um and i'm sure it was sad for everybody else too right uh, i'm sure you know we all have our feelings about that day um but you know luckily for us you and i were able to stay in contact we would constantly go see each other like not constantly but you know at least once a year right we would see each other which wasn't enough at all but it was something and you kind of um developed a pretty good life um you got a you had a really good relationship with your your parent your foster parents and then eventually led into them adopting you right
1: um yeah now Um. did you
0: want to be adopted by them
1: um. Yeah. Like I re- remember, cause like my my adopted brother, he he was in the picture at the time, and um, I just remember him going out to the living room and asking them like, "Hey, I want to be adopted," and and I was like, "Huh? All right." So at the time when I heard him saying that, I I just walked away and couple hours went by and i was like i went out there and i was like hey guys um i was just wondering if i could be adopted and at first they told me no they're probably like what the heck are up with these kids why do they want to be adopted <laughs> right <laughs> and like at the time that um there was like no and i was like there was like yeah some other family is looking to adopt you and i was like oh all right it, it and then i just went off and did my own thing and I and then I guess my mom, my foster mom told my foster dad, like, hey, we can't give up on this kid here. And, like, I just, the reason why I want to be adopted was just because, like, I didn't want to start over into a new foster home. Knowing that, like, I just got kind of comfortable with these people who took me in the first time. And I had to go into another foster home immediately getting adopted by some people i don't even know yet right
0: so um so then they chose to adopt you obviously that first family kind of fell through right yeah so they chose to adopt you and uh um you had a good relationship with them after that right
1: yeah um it was a pretty good strong relationship that we had like um like I just kind of felt like it wasn't for them cuz like like you said I had that whole bad boy persona persona going on <laughs> and um like like it wasn't for them cuz like I kind of felt like if we were still living with Ma, I kind of felt like I probably would have dropped out of school by now you feel like uh being in this
0: home and being adopted by them they gave you a lot more structure and opportunity to just be a better person and to do better with your life. Yeah. Yeah. Um,
1: I feel I feel like you
0: you probably would have been in some trouble. Right. <laughs> like I said, you had this bad boy persona. You had always gotten yourself into trouble. Right. You like, had an act for that. Right.
1: I'm not saying our ba- our biological mom was a bad mom because she wasn't. No, she loved us very yeah. much. She, I just think she
0: didn't have the proper structure when she was younger and she wasn't i i i I don't know what what went wrong with her parenting her parents you know what what they did to her or anything but um you know just the parenting skills weren't that great right um so you're adopted and at that point um you you're going to school in lansing right? Yeah. Uh, what schools did you go
1: to? Um, The first middle school I went to with them was the Wright-Rich Middle School, which is like right down the street from where I live now. And um, then after that, my high school I went to was Everett High School. And I graduated from there. Did you uh, ever get made fun
0: of for being a foster kid or um for being adopted or anything like that.
1: Um there wasn't
0: so many people that knew
1: like did you not want people to know you just didn't say it talk about um, it? Like I really like well all right so like when I got adopted my parents um there was a lot of questions because like I was in the 6th grade at the time, I believe. And while I got adopted and went to school and there was teachers asking me like, Hey, um, what like did you just change your last name? And I was like, Yeah, um, I just got adopted not too long um, about last week or so and and that's when the whole class started to like um got adopted? Like what like what is adoption? and that's when the teacher kind of um explained what the adoption is and what foster care was and then i remember the next day um the teacher just brought in cupcakes to celebrate it oh that's cool yeah wow that's pretty cool
0: um so i think because you you went to school in lansing it's kind of more of a it's kind of more of a like known thing that there's foster kids in you know, right in the system in, in in the school system and whatnot. So when I went, I remember when I was in foster care, I got made fun of um, right. because I went to a, a small, is a small community and there wasn't really foster kids there. Um, so when you talked about being a foster kid, it was kind of like a bad thing. It was like you're associated with bad things like. You know you're associated with drugs or your parents were drug addicts or whatever um so it was kind of a shameful thing i never really wanted to talk about it and so i just kind of you know left it um so time goes on and you and i still see each other you still see tiana and you still see joey and um i think finally when i when i moved out is when you and i kind of started developing like i we got a hold of each other right and you and i kind of started developing a good relationship and uh we started hanging out more and we even moved in with each other oh, yeah. for a short time um and then we've been we've been we've pretty been going, close yeah we've been pretty close since then um it's kind of amazing how how life has kind of taken this this rough road for us and then we still managed to be pretty close oh yeah yeah. and uh um so i kind of want to talk about what um kind of i kind of want to talk about like our dad a little bit because we haven't talked about him at all right so back in florida um when we were younger we i think the last time we seen him i was 3 and you were probably about 4 right and from my understanding he was deported um back to Honduras and um that's what uh we were told through the foster agency foster agency that they tried finding him and they just assumed that he was deported back to his country well we were also told from like our our mom and other people that he had went and started another family and had other kids and just didn't really want anything to do with us so we kind of grew up thinking you know he's he's just this beat down dad yeah like dirtbag dad who doesn't want anything to do with us and doesn't love us never cared about us whatever and so um i never really had a desire to like try to find him and uh i just remember when i turned 18 i i tried so hard to find our mom and i remember going to work i worked at a, a nursing home and uh i would uh every single night um i would take a tablet to work and i would just scroll online like typing in our mom's name um, and this was back before like social media was big i mean right. we had facebook but i think instagram might have just came out um but like social media wasn't as big as it it is is now now. so like typing in her name on facebook didn't really help out too much but um i was able to find our a name of our aunt and i typed her in on facebook and i just remember the first person popped up i was like oh that kind of she kind of like resembles somebody who i remember and but I was like, she lives in William or Williamsburg or something. And it was like in Virginia, right? And so I was like, you know what? I'll send her a message on Facebook. And so I sent her a message, and she was like, oh my gosh, like I can't believe it's you. Like she, it was, it was our aunt, and uh, so she was through her. I was able to reconnect with her mom, and I think I immediately sent the number to you. Her our mom's number to you, right? Yeah. What was that like for you? Because I remember like when I called, she was like, she was like, uh, I called and she's like, hello, and I'm like, hello, and she's like, who is this? I'm like, this is David. and She's like, David, McDavid. I'm, like, I'm I'm your son, and she's like, what? Oh my gosh! And then she just like started bawling. Right. And, you know, and then <laughs> we were able to like talk a little bit. I think she was so like taken back by me being able to find her that uh, you know she uh, you know she couldn't really stay on the phone too long. Right. So um, what was that like when I I gave her your number? Or I gave you her number?
1: Yeah like um, I was kind of a little nervous and shocked at the moment and wondering like um uh, what to say and how to say to her um but i was a little i was emotional at the time and and had to take in the moment um before and up calling her on the phone just to have a conversation with her that was a such a surreal time for me i just
0: like i remember being so stoked i'm like what like what are the chances of being able to be reunited and so i just remember like you and i we went and met her and we spent like a couple hours talking with her asking her questions and just discussing things and it was a good time and uh so it felt good to be reunited but then uh as time goes on through different situations that had gone on in my life i had a desire to want to be able to find her dad so my wife ended up buying me a 23 me, and when i did that i got um i got a a ping in my account where a notification and our cousin or our se- i was able to find a second cousin on our dad's side and I sent her a message I'm like hey you know my name's David and I'm looking for my dad and I gave his name and she was like oh I think I have family members with that last name and so she was able to talk with her mom about it and her mom's like yeah that's that's my you know cousin or that's my my uncle and um so through through being through 23andMe I was able to get us reconnected with our biological
1: dad as well. Right. What was that like for you? Um, I was excited and nervous at the same time. Um, just cause like, we haven't seen him for like over some, 20 some odd years and just wondering like, what, what, like, what is he up to or what has he been up to since we last seen him? And that scenario, type thing. So we go down, we meet him,
0: we uh, spend some time with him, we get to know him, and we find out that you know this whole time, he actually wanted to be to be with us. He, you know, he actually was deported. Then he came back, but the whole time that he was back here in the states, he was searching for us, and his family was searching for us. Right. And nobody knew where we were because our last names had changed because we were adopted and so they were overjoyed when we were able to reconnect oh yeah um and i remember uh we were at our one of our aunt's houses down there and she ended up giving us a uh, um well she gave us both right it was a it was like a thing for our um our uh baptism from when we were like babies and it was like a it was like a i don't know some sort of like memento from being baptized right. in the catholic church and then i just remember our dad sent us uh, a letter while he was sitting in um he was sitting in a uh an ice facility getting ready to be shipped back to Honduras um hold on guys my camera just died i need to go <laughs> fix it <laughs> sorry about that um so he wrote this letter while he was in an ice detention facility getting ready to sh- be shipped back and it was pretty much explaining how you know he loved us so much and he really is sorry for everything that was you know happening and that no matter what he you know wants to see us again and right. you know all this stuff that we were told that he was not true that we you know he had never loved us and that's why he left and whatnot um so that was a real defining moment for me to be able to see that you know this whole time that, that he he actually did care for us and wanted to be in our lives right so um so yeah that was like and that was just recently when we found him oh yeah. that was about two years ago and through that we were able to have you know develop a relationship with him and develop a relationship with our cousins and uh uncles and aunts and it's just it's just been a great ride oh, so yeah, you know our life has kind of come full circle and you know i'm i'm happy i'm happy where you've come in in life i'm happy right. where i'm at in life i feel like same year i feel that for you you know through the through the the tragic times that we've gone through it's kind of helped make us stronger and it's caused us to rise above and just be better oh Um, and always be better so um is there anything else you want to talk about Um, nothing i could think of far off the bat well i want to thank you for coming on the podcast and just kind of telling us a little bit about our story and i hope people find it inspirational and um you know it's not a perfect podcast we're still trying to work out the the bugs and trying to uh learn how to have a better you know dialogue and whatnot but you know it's uh, this is our story so right. i hope you guys enjoy
1: it and uh thanks for listening yeah thanks for having me yep